entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. The great Stevie Nicks, 6.50 on your Friday morning. Big, big show coming your way today. Curtis Sleva, Andrew Giuliani, Judge Andrew Napolitano now live in studio. 8.15 every Friday morning. We'll talk to Gordon Chang and we'll talk to Joseph Tacopina. But we start with another great defense attorney right there with Tacopina. Both poly prep boys. And that is the great defense attorney, my dear friend, author Idala, and I was in the gym yesterday, and I received a text, Lewis, from our guy Tim McCarthy, who texted us during the show yesterday. He does that often, former program director here at WABC, former program director at ESPN New York. He started that station. He loves his show, Timmy, loves it, and he loves the music. And then it turns out, ironically, he was with Idala yesterday, and Audie sent me a very nice picture of him and Timmy. I have no idea why they were together what they were doing. But uh, here he is, my man, Arthur Idala. Artie, good morning. What's happening, pal? I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not saying this because he's probably listening, but, like, Tim is a legend. I mean, he is. He's a, a legend in the, the world of, of broadcasting. Am I wrong? No, he's an absolute legend, 1,000%. And I'll always be um, loyal to him because he's been great to me. And, and don't forget, he offered me the job. He really did offer me the job many, many years ago, one to three on ESPN New York, leading up to Michael K. His vision was I would do that two-hour show. Eventually, Michael K. would just go back and do the Yankees, and I'd go up against Mike Brancessa. And he offered me the job and went as far as the program director there until some guy at ESPN named Mo Davenport killed the deal. But Tim McCarthy has been my guy for 20-plus years. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, you, you know, you asked me why. I, I, we just went to lunch for really for no reason, just because he's that guy. He's a great guy to hang out with. I was introduced to him, like, through, like, five different people, from Paul Carlucci at the New York Post, Jerry Crowley, who runs AM970, and his John Catherine good friend. Like, five different people. Like, you don't know Tim McCarthy? This was, I don't know, years ago. And we've just maintained the relationship. And, of course, yes, not only was he talking about you and bragging about your show, but he's... He's very much into the music, as am I. So, uh, so you know, keep up the good work there, Sydney. And, oh, and then I'm working last night, and uh, your friend from 100 years ago, Bruce Sharrett, calls me, and he goes, let me tell you what I just did. 
I just called Sydney and thanked him so much <laughs> for his support of Israel. And I want me, you, him, and Takapita to go to a poly prep reunion dinner. He goes, it would be a beautiful thing. I said, it's not a problem. You don't have to ask me twice. So, you know, I don't know. Oh, and then I got to speak to the beautiful Danielle Rosenberg yesterday. What a so, day. You, know, you, were, you were a little <laughs> omnipresent in my life there, brother. <laughs> Yeah, Danielle is great. But Bruce Jarrett, he did call me last night. And for folks that don't know this, so we had a carpool when I went to Poly Prep. And one of the kids was a guy named George Small. His father drove us once a week. My late great father, Harvey, drove us once a week. Joseph Tacopino was in the same carpool, believe it or not, dating back about 48 years ago. And his father, Cosmo, drove us. And then you had Bruce Jarrett. That was the four, Sid Rosenberg, George Small, Joe Tacopina, and Bruce Jarrett. Bruce went on to become, you know, a comedian and a big-time agent in Los Angeles, and I guess he was one of the guys involved with you here at the Friars Club, and I haven't seen Bruce in probably 47 years, but he oh, did really? call Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. He, yeah. he, he looks very good. He's, he's uh, he used to be really he's, fat. He's not fat anymore. Yeah, yeah. well, I know that's uh, you. You like uh, you were a little more less, a little less uh, <laughs> dignified about it than I was. Yeah, no, no, no. He looks great, and it would be a great time. Listen, before I lose you, Sydney, and here's because I know how much you love this city. First of all, I'm sorry I'm a little tired, but I got home last night. I worked in the office till super late. I got home last night, and look, you, Sydney, you have taught me. That, you know, the number one in, in radio is, was Stern. And in terms of New York talk radio, you are definitely number one, bar none. But there's this guy who John Katsimatidis was smart enough to put on from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. And I think you will agree, has an unbelievably awesome show, Frank Murano. So when I get home I think, and I put I think, on... I think unbelievably awesome is a bit of a stretch, but it's a very no, good no, show. No, no, no. Dude, you know what last <laughs> night was? Last night was Ask Frank Anything. Oh! And the callers get to ask him anything. And I got sucked into that. I wound up listening to WABC until about 2 o'clock this morning. But here's what, here's what I need your help with. Here's what all... And I'm being very sincere. I am really being very sincere. All New Yorkers need your help with. I know, you know, how you use Eric Adams' target practice, okay? But well, that's not true at all. Eric, in fact, well, was, on, Eric was on this show for 30 minutes. In fact, everybody in this city read it. If you go to the um, – they posted the interview at NewYork.gov. He was on for 30 minutes on Tuesday. And just last Wednesday, we did an event together at the uh, Hunt and Fish Club. So Curtis, right. Curtis, Curtis absolutely uses him as target practice. I do when it's deserved. It. There are times I give him credit. And there were times lately where I beat him up because, quite frankly, if I'm going to be honest. Did you see who announced yesterday they're running against him? uh, Andrew Cuomo? No, 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 no. Andrew Cuomo, that's not a bad. We'd be okay. No, Scott Stringer has announced now that he's going to run against him. Now, you know, there's all those bad words you use on the radio that get my mother upset. You could save those for Scott Stringer. (laughs) Now that Scott Stringer's running, you know who else is going to run? Your friend, Jumani Williams, okay, my, who lives who's my neighbor here at Fort Hamilton. And the floodgates are going to open from the left of Eric Adams to be the mayor of the city of New York. And then we're in big, big trouble. Oh, then we're in so, trouble. Oh, then we're in trouble because it hasn't been bad enough with your two friends, de Blasio and Adams. I mean, look, it's very simple, uh, Artie. He's going to have to step up. 
He's going to have to start blaming Biden, not the national government and the federal government. He, and he's to do, you know, he's going to at some point to, to really gain the confidence of all New Yorkers, not just Democrats, uh, Republicans, including me. He's going to have to get much, much tougher than yelling and screaming about money and how we can't do it anymore and putting kids in high schools. He has not done a good job with this. That is the bottom line. He was at the front of the line to get these people here a year ago, and now while he's yelling and screaming it's too much at this point, it's too late. And when he's got the opportunity now to really, really vilify Joe Biden and the Democrats, he doesn't do it because it is becoming increasingly clear that he's got aspirations in the Democrat Party to further himself, and you cannot put that ahead of the city. And he has okay, done that. So, uh, listen, I, I, I know you have a good relationship with him. Uh, I, don't know, I tell him this. Guy. I tell him this. Yeah, okay. But does, does he tell you what, what they tell him when he does that? I don't care. I, I'm, I'm so tired of hearing what they tell him. And don't forget the FBI raided his house. And if he really pisses off Joe Biden, his, his donor's house, if he really pisses off Joe Biden, it could get worse. And then, of course, uh, I had to hear what, uh, what they told him in Albany. I'm so tired of hearing what people tell him. Take a page out of Donald Trump. Don't give a rat's ass what people tell you okay. or, or the critics. Right. So Go out there and kick ass. One, one guy is a billionaire president. The other guy probably has like $14 in the bank. Oh, no, no, no. And Be he's careful. He's got a lot more than $14. Money is not an issue for Eric Adams, trust me. But if he wants to win, if you're worried about Jumani Williams and Stringer and the rest of these clowns, and you should be worried, he's got to be a lot tougher, a lot tougher and stop trying to appease everybody because when you do that like nikki haley you appease nobody okay here's here's the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth when he goes to see schumer when he goes to see hakeem jeffries right so from brooklyn new york we have the head of the united states senate and the, the democratic head of congress and when he's like guys i need some bread you know what they tell him eric shut up Right. Shut up. Yeah, Be a good Democrat. Sure, I've heard this. the truth. You know what no, you heard? It's it? not, the it's the truth. Truth. not the truth. Not the truth. Not the truth because okay, I have other... You're trying to merge him in right now. I have other... I don't care what he says. I know better. I know how it works. I have other mayors on the sh on the show. Mayors that were successful. Oh, it's a different time. Stop. Stop. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're telling me when Giuliani was mayor that Clinton was writing him checks to help New York City? I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is he went to work every day, Rudy, and didn't give a rat's ass what anybody else thought. And he would blow the damn place up if he didn't get what he wanted to get. And Eric doesn't do that. Doesn't even come close to doing that. Yes. Well, you're, yes, yes they have very Okay, well, there's a difference. That's why you have one great mayor and one guy who's not very great because he's too worried about everybody else. I want to move off the mayor. I want to ask you about uh, Tom Kniff. He called me on this show a couple of days ago. Dear friend and a tremendous attorney, tremendous attorney. And, of course, you know, Artie, he's representing Daniel Penny. So he actually called me that morning on the way to court. And um, he said, you know, we're going to try today, me and Razor, with all these motions. We're hoping, at least, that the grand jury dismisses this. But he made it very, very clear that it almost never happens, almost never happens, and he did not anticipate that was going to happen the other day anyway, and it didn't happen. But he said, look, when this trial starts, which now looks like early September, he goes back to court in March, he feels like he's got overwhelming evidence that's going to clear Daniel Penny. What do you know about this case? 
I know a lot. I know a lot about this case. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave it. I'm very close with Tom for over 20 years. Um, here's what the overwhelming evidence. It's no secret. It's in the motion papers that that are filed. Um, the other, the vast majority of the other people, you know, this is a self-defense case, right? So the and, and self-defense has two prongs. Whether um, that particular individual, Daniel Penny felt like his life was in danger so he probably if not definitely is going to have to testify and say this is why i thought my life was in danger and this is why i acted that way and then the other prong that has to be proved this goes back to bernie gets bernie gets made the law on this the other uh prong that has to be proved is would a reasonable person in that situation also feel like their life is threatened so if a guy comes on the train and farts and a guy comes in and chokes him out, and he says, well, I thought he was going to kill me because he farted. Well, you may pass that test, but nobody else on the train thought the guy was going to kill him because he farted. But here, <laughs> they're going to have, they are going to have a lot of witnesses, not one or two. Many people on that subway car are going to testify that not only did, were they in fear of their life from the deceased, but that they looked at Daniel Penny as a hero who saved them, at the same way they would look at him if he was a uniformed police officer right. who conducted himself the same way. And look, this case, as many others do, if not all of them, it all comes down to jury selection. Yep. Who are going to be those two, 12 people? Are they people? And here's the one good thing. As liberal and as left as Manhattan is, Manhattanites, and you know this better than I did, you've, you've lived there longer, they ride the subway. No matter how left they are. Right. They ride the subway, and when those nut jobs come on and your stomach drops and they're screaming about some wild subject, and you're like, hmm, let, let's see, I'm an accountant, and I've never done a push-up in my life. You're going to crap in your pants. And, well, well, you know, you know and, and to well, have a guy like that step up and save you. It's a big deal. Those 12 jurors say, listen, uh, if that was me in that car, I'd be so happy that this guy. Well, well, to your point, you know, scumbags like Alvin Bragg, he's a scumbag. Um, Al Sharpton, he's a scumbag. Even the mayor, who's not a scumbag, but to a certain extent in this deal turned out to be a little bit of a scumbag, too, when he started comparing his son to Jordan Neely. Eric, please give me a break. Uh, they try to make this race, but guess what? One of the first ladies that stepped up and said, Daniel Penny saved my life, African-American, and one of the men that helped Daniel Penny get Jordan Neely to the ground, African-American. So if they want to make it about race, which is ridiculous, there are two major players that are African-American that will defend Daniel Penny. One more, about 60 seconds to go. Uh, we just talked about the Rangers and the Knicks. Kind of a renaissance winter here at Madison Square Garden, Audie, for the owner, James Dolan. But then it comes out last week that he's involved in some some case Similar, if not akin to, Harvey Weinstein. What is going on with James Dolan? Well, real quick, I mean, you know, I never, like, smile about anyone else's grief, and that's grief for him. But, you know, Mary and my wife and I and little Arthur were walking into Radio City Musical to see the Rockettes, and I get through, little Arthur gets through, and they grab my wife, and they go, you know, aren't you the lawyer from the law firm who's suing us about Madison Square Garden? And they said, James Dolan had my wife thrown out of Radio City Musical. You would have wow. probably punched somebody in the face. Yes. You know, I wow. just kind of handled because my seven-year-old was there. But basically, look, 
I, I hate to say this because I don't want to defend Dolan, but there's so many money grabs. We have opened up the spigot and tell and told everybody, men and women, you want to grab some bread? You just you need some money. You're down on your luck. You need to help pay, pay for the mortgage. Pay the mortgage. Go to these three or four law firms because they'll take you no matter what you say. You can have a heroin needle hanging out of your arm and a crack pipe in your mouth. But if you say 40 years ago, Sidney Rosenberg grabbed my butt and I've been in shock and I haven't been able to get a job and I can't work. And he's this big, famous, very rich, number one morning show host. So please send him a letter. You get a letter saying, hi, my name is so-and-so Esquire. This girl from 40 years ago says you grabbed a butt. And if you don't settle with me in the next 10 days, the whole world is going to call you a pedophile or this, that, and the other thing. You call me and say, Artie, if this gets out, Katsimatidis is going to fire me. I won't be able to get hired. What do I do? I go, so the only way to do things is we've got to cut her a check and keep her quiet so you keep your job. And it can be absolute BS. But it, a guy in your well, here's a good, here's the good news for me, and uh, why you continue to use me in these hypotheticals, I just don't know. But the good news well, for me is, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm anything but rich. So um, you can sue well, me, that's, that's, but you're not getting any money. That's not, people, <laughs> that's not what people on the street think. Like, I know they're morons. Billionaire. I know. A, I know. The number one show on the yeah. planet Earth. Yeah. He plays all this great music. Tim McCarthy <laughs> loves him. Of course, they're gonna come after you. Yeah. Well, I should be rich, but I'm not. Uh, at any rate, you are, and you're rich in uh, in a variety of categories, not just money, but uh, obviously smarts, and you're a wonderful guy. I love your mom and dad. I do. So uh, I'm glad you hopped on this morning, even though you only had about two hours sleep, because you were great again. Author right dollar. Great right, job. Brother. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy you uh, the beach in the snow. <laughs>